I think the completely vanishing is worse. If I had to pick the completely suddenly vanishing, left without a trace, no note, that is actually scary. There's probably, they're probably calling the police. Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Harmon, we are back for Medical Dads, a special edition. The first time we sit down to talk about bad dads. I don't think we've ever talked about bad dads before. Yeah, this is the episode that can't be beat. (laughs) Oh, it can be beat. Now, first time talking about bad dads, we're going to narrow our focus, right? Because there's so many different kinds of bad dads out there. But today we're going to talk about deadbeat dads dd what does it mean to be a deadbeat dad and most importantly which type of deadbeat dad deserves the championship belt so to speak of deadbeat dads because not all deadbeat dads are created equally apparently our listeners might not even agree on what uh, constitutes a deadbeat dad so we'll put out a few (laughs) scenarios Uh, people can listen they can decide what's a deadbeat dad and what's what's the worst type of deadbeat dad People who are regular listeners to our show know that Dr. Harmon likes to start with a definition. So maybe to get us off on the right foot, what is the actual official medical dad definition of a deadbeat dad? I guess we could just start with the with the term deadbeat. What does that even mean? I, I think I've talked about this before, but what, where do you think the term deadbeat comes from? Is it a musical term? It sounds like a musical term. It sounds like something to do with the Grateful Dead, but could, I could be wrong. Apparently the term started in like the 1800s Back when people used to just say beat, you know, when you're tired, that that expression like, oh, I'm beat, that that came around about that time. People say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm beat. Um, but then uh, people started saying, like, you know, if you're really beat, like as really exhausted, you say, I'm I'm dead beat, just like I'm, I'm dead tired. Mm-hmm. So that's what it started off as. So uh, from that point of view, we're dead beat dads. We're exhausted. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So that's the first category. That's the first category. Tired dads. That's the first category. Dead, tired, beat dads. Or, or maybe we're just beaten dads, beaten down dads. But I guess over time what happened with the term deadbeat in general is that instead of just meaning tired, people took it to just mean lazy. Like uh, if you want to say someone was lazy, you'd say deadbeat. Um, and so beat still has that connotation of tired and exhausted, but deadbeat means, means lazy. And mm. when you apply it to deadbeat dad, uh, you could take it just as that, as this sort of literal term, I guess, of, uh, of somebody who is deadbeat lazy or deadbeat tired, just deadbeat, like not doing the job. Or mm. I think the general public looks at deadbeat as derelict in your duty, dad. I think when you put deadbeat mm. and dad together, a deadbeat dad is a dad who's derelict in his, in his duty. Does that sound like a right starting place? It does. So by definition, it means as dads, we should all be dead beat. That's right. Tired, right? That That's actually a good thing. And you need to wear that fatigue, like the bags under your eyes, as a badge of honor, because that means you're doing your job. Yeah. And all of those dads out there who 
are in that category, you are exempt from today's conversation. You guys are you guys are great dads because you all got to be deadbeat. But today we're talking about deadbeat dads, <laughs> that's, that's which is not that category. These dudes are deliberately not tired. They're not exhausted from parenting. For some reason, they they're still dads. But they're deadbeats. Right. They're not. They're not deadbeat because they're a dad. <laughs> they are dads who are deadbeats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now people listening to this are like, okay, fine. Any dad who's not involved in parenting is a deadbeat dad. But there are categories to this. As with everything, there are levels of deadbeatness. That's right. Right. So let's begin. First category of deadbeat dad that I want to touch on is the dad denier. DD. <laughs> The dad who denies that he's a dad. He says, I don't have any children. I've never had any children. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. How bad is this kind of dad? I mean, this is a dad who right out of the gate failed the very first responsibility you have as a dad is to simply acknowledge you're the father. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not even getting to the other duties that I'm derelict in. I'm starting right <laughs> off the bat with duty number one. It doesn't even get past this door. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty bad. Maybe, yeah, maybe if I don't ever mention it and anyone mentions, asks me about it, like, you look a lot like that child. I just deny, 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 deny. Yeah. It seems like a silly category, but we are living in the post-Trump America political era where it seems like just outright denial of things that have happened is an actual effective political strategy. <laughs> Right. Everybody nowadays has their own truth. <laughs> so maybe for right. some of these dads, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, genetic testing might say that I'm it, but my truth is that I'm not the father. <laughs> now, this this category bothers me. Like clearly this is not a cool dude. No. But it bothers me because some people that I really respect as like important historical figures fall into this category, right? Like for example, Larry Bird maybe the greatest white basketball player of all time for many years refuted that he was the dad of a daughter that it turned out, of course he was the actual yeah. dad. So the whole thing then just kind of makes it hard to wear a Larry Bird Jersey or appreciate him for being a great basketball player. I, I like, I'm one of those people who has a lot of trouble separating like a person's personal life from their actual accomplishment. Yes. It's the whole Dr. Huxtable, Mr. Cosby problem. <laughs> yeah. Except, well, I was going to say Dr. Huxtable isn't real, but Larry Bird is real, <laughs> right? So this type of category is not a great look, and uh, and it happens more often than you think. Like You think that this category is a very small group, but there are a lot of guys out there, especially back in the older days, yeah. before like the DNA testing came along, where it was kind of easy to deny that anything had happened, yeah. right? Nowadays, with all the testing and the lawsuits, it's harder to stay in this category. It's it's probably a quite a feat of some sort to to be able to maintain that you're in this category, really. I suppose we could make a a little distinction here that might help this category to not be number one as the worst possible one because uh, there's the people who are um, denying they're the dad, but I think a subset of those people who are people who are in denial that they are the dad. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that. So you're basically saying that in denial means you're still stuck at stage one, right? Someone has told you you are now a dad and you're just like, no, that's impossible. It couldn't yeah. be, right? I did everything right. I followed the instruction manual. How could this happen, right? So you're stuck in that denial phase. Now, that denial phase shouldn't last more than 24 hours. You get 24-hour 
free pass, at which point then you need to owe up to it before you're now officially veering towards deadbeat dad territory. And you know what? You don't even have 40 hours. You have about nine months to really get your head on straight. If you can't get your head on straight over nine months, this is a problem. I mean, this, these guys, they're not even just terrible human beings to their offspring, but usually the first step in being a, a, a DD, a, a denier dad, is that you are actually doing quite a disservice to the woman who's the who's the mother of the child, right? Because usually now you're mm. you're suggesting that, well, you know, she must sleep with a bunch of other people or like at the very least you're 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 suggesting that she slept with someone else who wasn't you in the same time frame that she was sleeping with you. Um, right. Which I mean I suppose I don't want to impose my own moral judgment uh, on on how many people is there right? never we never do that on <laughs> that's show. right that's right uh but uh generally speaking most people don't want to be just thought of as someone who uh who sleeps with so many partners that there could be any doubt about who the father of a particular pregnancy is mm. now there's a little subcategory of dad deniers right so there's these dads who are in denial there's dads who just outright deny that they are the dad but there's also dads who actually don't know that they are dads. So so these dads are kind of walking around. They have no idea how many children they have sired. Is it sired? Is that sired? The word? Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. So they have no idea how much, you know, damage they have <laughs> wrought to the local community. And it's because other people haven't told them. Right. So they actually don't know their dads. In a way, I feel like they are kind of dad deniers, but it's not their fault. Information has been with critical information has been withheld from them. And so it seems like this type of dad actually gets a free pass, right? They cannot be called deadbeats, yeah. right? And probably their, the mother of their children is calling them a deadbeat, right? Yeah. But it's unfair because they haven't actually been told of their actual parenting situation. Yeah, these, these dads, although the, the behavior that led them to the situation uh, is the same as, your, as a dad denier, these dads are often looked at quite sympathetically or even... Uh, looked at somewhat heroically. Like if these dads eventually <laughs> find out later that the child was theirs, uh, there's not so mm -hmm. much resentment f from the general public that, oh, you know, you uh, weren't there for this child. It's more like, oh, uh, the assumption is if you knew that you had this child, you would have been a great dad. Right? They, <laughs> they, can, they can shoot to great dad status uh, pretty quickly without having to put in all the legwork. So these aren't the dad deniers Truly, these are the denied mm -hmm. dads. Right? They could have been dads, <laughs> but they were denied that opportunity because somebody didn't tell them. Yeah, they get a free pass. They're not going to win the championship belt. Although there always is that question of why exactly did somebody feel so strongly against this man that they didn't even want them to know? They didn't even want to have a <laughs> chance of co-parenting with this person. A lot of weird scenarios, but I don't think we should spend too much time on a group that is not going to win the championship belt yeah. today. We can have give them a different belt another That's day. Right. Now, dads who don't. Now we're going to get into this category of dads who do know that they are the dads, but now for whatever reason they're still ending up in the deadbeat category, right? So the first group is the dads who they know they're the dad, but they refuse to pay child support. Right. They they're they're obviously not with the partner, so they're living separately. They're not married. Right. Yeah. But they are refusing to pay the monthly payment that they're supposed to pay just to look after their future offspring. That's the least you can do. Society is just asking you to put in a little bit of money and they refuse to do is it. Is there a distinction between this 
and the category that might maybe go between this and what we just talked about. The dad who, it's not that he's refusing child support in the sense that, you know, they went to court, it was determined, you have this alimony to pay. But the dad who, he found out he was the kid, he didn't deny it, but then he just disappeared right then and there. He just took off. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's <laughs> not paying child support too. So maybe that's the same category, maybe it's not. I feel like it's the same category. From the mom's standpoint in this example, all she cares about is, is the money sitting in the bank account at the end of the week? And it is not in either case. If we were letting moms choose what the worst category is, but we're looking at this from the child's perspective. So uh, the two scenarios could be the dad who, yeah, okay, yeah, this is my child. I, I admit it. And actually, I show up for visits every few weekends. Uh, I send my kid the occasional gift. But every time uh, mom's like, Yo, well, what about my uh, like alimony check or what about my child support check? That's where the guy's like, oh, it's in the mail. <laughs> he never does it. Uh, <laughs> so, so this is specifically a financial category. And I think to really do it justice, we need to understand why he isn't paying the right. money. I mean, t times are tough, especially <laughs> people who are falling into these scenarios, right? Yeah. Where they're, they're fathering children outside of their marriage or they're fathering children outside of any marriage. Yeah. Or, <laughs> and they may not have a job. They may be, you know, have medical problems, substance abuse issues. Yeah maybe money isn't readily available for themselves even, right? That is like, this category is a big, like we're joking about it, but it's a huge category, right? We're talking, there's a huge population of people who have difficulty paying child support, but they're also struggling with things like poverty. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, so there's a, it's, so some it's, people it's like, maybe they're, they are dead beats. They're not paying child support, uh, but they have a, a reason, which maybe then distinguishes yeah. them from the person who, uh, is not paid child support and also just disappeared. As soon as they found the woman was pregnant, they disappeared. So they're not child right. support. And maybe they have reasons too. But uh, right. all things being equal, if you have two people who are, have their own like problems in life and one of them says, yeah, but despite all that, I'm at least going to be in the kid's life, even if I'm not there financially, uh, that does well, make a gradient of who's worse, right? It, it, it does get us back into the dad denier category because if you think about Larry Bird... Yeah as the most, one of the two biggest celebrity basketball players of the early 1980s, for him to deny that he's a dad and not pay child support while raking in millions of dollars at a time when millions of dollars then equaled hundreds of millions of dollars today, yeah. now that seems even more egregious. He may be on the fast track to winning the deadbeat dad championship belt at this yeah. point. Yeah, and there's definitely something worse about what he did. Because if he uh, worse than if he had said, yeah, I'm the dad, but... I'm still checking out and I'm not paying child support because then at least that mother can say, yeah, no, your dad is Larry Bird. That is acknowledged by right. him and me. And when you grow up, you can knock on his door and you can say, hey, I'm that kid that you ignored. Whereas if he right from the beginning saying, no, that's, that's not my kid. Well, then you have this kid who you're saying, I'm telling you, I'm certain your dad is Larry Bird, but he denies it. And now <laughs> you go knock on his door and that's the first thing you're going to face is him saying, I'm not your dad. So that's a... Uh, Talk about one category, just for contrast how bad that other category is. <laughs> Thank goodness for DNA testing, really. <laughs> uh, but deadbeat dads who are in the context of dads who don't pay child support, I think for a lot of people, that actually is the common definition of what a deadbeat dad is. Uh, mm. Like it's often used in court, uh, this term deadbeat dad, or they have, a, I think, a better legal term for it, which is, uh, mm. like, I think it's fathers not paying child support or fathers unable to pay child support or something like that they have 
But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's for for a lot of people. That's that's it right there. They're like, yeah, that's to me. That's what a deadbeat dad is. Yeah, that might be the most the biggest category. Certainly, if if the competition was going to be decided by population yeah. size, this one might win. Especially the dad who's like court ordered to pay like a specific amount of child support, and he still just isn't <laughs> doing that. But I don't think he's right. I don't think he's worse. I mean, there's potential within this category to not be as bad as the dad who just, like, uh, took off. Now, this is part of the category of dads who have who are not actively involved in the family home, right? So these dads are either they're divorced or separated or they never got married, but for whatever reason, they're not paying child support. But there's another version of this, which is that the dad does pay the child support. He's not in the home. But he's not involved at all. He doesn't do the visits, yeah. right? He's absent, but he is paying, yeah. right? So he's doing what society has deemed as the bare minimum. He he puts the money in dutifully, yeah. but he has no real relationship with the child. Ooh, okay, this is now we're getting to the good stuff here, right? In terms of really battling out what is worse, who's worse. So this is a good one. Who's yeah. worse? The dad who pays the money, but that's it. That's all he's good for. He's just the money. Or the dad right. who actually invests emotionally to the child that actually is a father figure for the child just a father figure who the child will realize like my dad's lame because he he's broke <laughs> or he's lame because he won't pay up <laughs> now generally i'm going to take the stance that money is the lowest hanging fruit right everyone should be paying the money right but the harder thing to do is to be emotionally connected and to be actively involved somewhere yeah. right so i feel if a dad is able to do that, that, that puts them in a higher level. And if you don't do that at all, well, I, then, then that's, 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 that's the brutal part, but we're really splitting hairs now to figure out which one's worse. I can't, I can't say, I thought I had the answer on the tip of my lips, but as I'm going through it, it doesn't work logically anymore. It's uh, this is one of those moments that highlights how we don't have a mom perspective on the show or even really a, a woman's <laughs> perspective on the show. Cause I feel like from women I've met who've had to deal with similar situations, something like this, they would be happiest for a dad who stays out of the way, but sp- provides the money right? from the mom's perspective. That's, they're like, that's the best type of, uh, of dad. That's precisely why we don't have a female perspective on the show. <laughs> Right. Because that is like we're talking about this from the dad's perspective. Right. We're dads looking at other dads. Uh, okay, yes. Right. Dads judging dads. That's the same. Exactly. Like we have been judged enough by moms. This is our turn to actually judge dads ourselves. And generally dads, we don't do this. We kind of the guy thing is always like to each his own. Let him let him do figure it out his own way. We don't get too judgy. But in this category, I feel like. You paying the money is the minimum, right? The emotional stuff is step two. You can't, you can't get to the emotional stuff if you're not paying money. Well, here's a way to uh, make it easier for ourselves, a mind experiment. I think we would probably both agree that the category that's very close to this one, but that is better, is the dad who is a financial deadbeat dad. He's not paying child support but the parents aren't even divorced. Right? So your parents are married. Your dad is there. He lives in the house with you. But when it comes to money, this guy is a deadbeat. Right? Like, That's a different category. We haven't got there yet. But when you think about that category and this category, the only thing that separates them is the parents being together or not. So, And if that category Correct. is better than the categories that we're talking about, then the closest thing to that is the dad who the parents aren't married, but he's still involved and stuff like that, but just doesn't pay the money. 
it's I think the the issue I'm getting hung up on is is there is it possible for a dad to not pay the money but still be close? Like that's a there's a third group here, yeah. right? If we logically say that there's two options, there's a third group of people who don't pay money but yet they still come around and and they're emotionally invested in hanging out and they're not married at the same time. Like that's another category. Well, you know, a lot of these scenarios of the of a dad who doesn't ch- pay child support uh, isn't the dad just completely disappeared scenario, but the parents got divorced. Uh, the kids see dad some weeks and mom some weeks, uh, and the dad doesn't want to pay any money, mostly because he's vindictive against the mom, or he doesn't want to feel like you know I'm paying the money and the mom's getting the the mom's getting the benefit from it. So sometimes you do have mm. these dads who they might take the kid like out for dinner or do those type of things, but. When it's time to actually pay up that child support check, that's where the guy's like, no, not going to mm. do it. I think I like some of these okay. deadbeat dads when it comes to not paying child support is actually less about the kid and uh, more about the mom. I think to simplify the argument for people, my stance is going to be, A, you should pay the money. Right. right? Yeah. If you pay the money, you're, you're, that's step one. And then B, if you can be emotionally invested, that's step yeah. two. Right. If you do if you do neither of these things, you're the worst off, yeah. right? But you have to at least pay the money. Let let's let's just make it a uh, let's just make it like stepwise that <laughs> way for people to understand. Otherwise, it's going to be too weird <laughs> that you can you can be emotionally invested, but but also not be home. But then, <laughs> like it's too much. I can't, I can't process this anymore. Let's 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 look at it the way you originally described it. How what's more important, money or love? Right? What's more important, yeah. money or love? So. Uh, this would be the the best thing is you give the money and you give the love. That's like that's right. ideal. Uh, second best is if you give the money. Uh, sorry, second best is if you give the love but not the money. Um, uh, third best is if you give just the money, uh, and then the zero, the worst, the bottom is if you give neither. There you go. There you go. And there are some pairs in there that we're just gonna leave them unsplit because it's too yeah. much. Let's move on. Yeah. So these are dads who are not actively in the house. We've covered that category. So now we're going to talk about dads who are at home but are still considered deadbeat dads, yeah. right? So these dads are kind of working hard to become deadbeat dads because it's not that easy to be a deadbeat when you're actually at home parenting. <laughs> right? To have your kids say, oh, I have a deadbeat dad. And friends like, oh, really? When did he take off? They're like, oh, no, no. he, he lives. I saw him this morning <laughs> at breakfast. <laughs> but he's a deadbeat. <laughs> now, this first first category and this is the this is the group that when any everyone says the word deadbeat dad, probably the thing they think about first is just the lazy dad, right? The dad who's sitting around at home, he's watching the ball game, right? He's he's cracking open the beers every night. He goes to work, comes home, he's kind of present, but not really, right? Not doing much parenting. Probably probably, you know, puts his money into the bank account for the family, but he's just not that present. And this type of dad, very, very common in the older generation. Like a lot of us grew up with lazy dads, right, who weren't parenting that much. And if, if it wasn't your dad who was like this, your grandfather probably was like this. So if somebody in your family had this role back in the day. This is a huge historical category. Yeah. Maybe not as popular today. And and that's why today, if you fall into this category, you're labeled as a deadbeat. Before you were just called dad. <laughs> I guess it comes back to that thing that we said, the medical dad's definition of a deadbeat dad is a dad who is derelict in his duties, right? But what's happened mm-hmm. over time is the clearly accepted standard of what a dad's duties has shifted, 
Right. right. So it's always been a thing since the beginning of, of dad well, since the beginning of money, I suppose, that a dad's duty is to provide money for the family, right? Or whatever the right. equivalent is. So that's why it's so easy to identify the deadbeat dad who's not giving money to the family or supporting the right. kids. Whether he's taken right. off, whether the parents are still married, that's an easy one. But then these things of like, well, my dad doesn't play catch with me. You know, that's a dad mm. duty, right? Um, but right. you wouldn't call it. You never come to any of my recitals or my games. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. He's not emotionally supportive. <laughs> right. He's in the garage in his shop making stuff, right? <laughs> like he's doing other things. He's at right? Moe's having a beer every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a big category, but they're not going to win, right? They're still here. They're still paying the bills and probably they're doing a tiny bit of parenting from time to time. They're not that invested in the process on a day-to-day grind yeah. level the way that they expect their moms, that they, that they expect their wives to be yeah. doing. But So they're not great parents, but they're not the worst parents. There's no way they're going to win the championship today. In fact, a lot of these dads, uh, the kids love them sometimes. Because right? <laughs> part of a dad's duty is actually to be a disciplinarian with the children to some degree. Part of a dad's duty mm. is to uh, help set and help uh, maintain the rules and the order of the house. But uh, a, a dad who moms hate, <laughs> who moms like, this guy's a deadbeat. I, I go out for one night and I come home and the kids haven't had their bath. They had ice cream for dinner. <laughs> you know, this guy's a deadbeat. Uh, the kids are like, yeah, no, my dad's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This category is where you oddly have the subcategory of a dad who's not that actively involved, but they get called on to be the disciplinarian when situations suddenly arise. Yeah. Right. So they're in the garage doing their thing. And then suddenly there's an incident. Mom drags dad back in. It's like it's time for a beat down. And then th- suddenly disciplinarian dad <laughs> appears. He's not actively that involved, but suddenly he's the one carrying a stick in the family. This also historically a very, very, very common category. Yeah. Right. Like like if you went to like 60 years ago, this is probably most dads parenting style was this. Yeah. And uh, before we completely give this category the seal of approval <laughs> yeah, the, the, we, before we completely say there's no way this, this uh, category could take the champions uh, if we're saying this is the category of dads who just are derelict in their duty like what about an actually completely neglectful dad uh, paired with a deadbeat mom so you know these kids come up they don't get fed they don't get cleaned uh, the children's aid society has to come in and apprehend them well so that's a different thing that's like a deadbeat duos right like deadbeat parenting duos are a whole other category onto themselves i think for the sake of this conversation we have to say that all these deadbeat dads are paired with normal (laughs) great wives and mothers right Right. (laughs) and it's really on the dad that things are going downhill because if we get into both people snorting cocaine like this (laughs) is going to be a whole other conversation All right, so maybe we'll save as a separate category the dad who is not just passively not doing his duty, but who is actively doing dangerous things like taking cocaine in the house. (laughs) So we'll put that as a separate category, but we'll say, okay, so the dad who is completely, like, neglectful does virtually nothing, provided that he isn't actively emotionally abusing the child on purpose. um, Mm. He he still is better than the dad who's just gone. Because I guess what we're talking about is, is it possible for a neglectful dad at home or a dad who doesn't do duties would be so bad that you'd be better off if he never, if he was never there, if he never existed. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the next category, and this one is very common, right? Very, also, also very common. Sad that all these categories are common, but 
Now we're going to talk about the dad who isn't physically present, but he has an excuse, right? He's, he's, he's the head of a Fortune 500 company. He's a real estate agent. There are clients calling at all hours of the day, okay. right? He works overseas, right? Uh, modern day, busy lifestyle, constantly working, very common, not present at home, this type of dad. Yeah, this, this goes back to that thing of, they're not doing their duty, but what their duty is defined by now is different than what it would have been defined by 60 years ago. I, I should I should throw in doctor dads often are in this category, yeah. right? The, the classic physician was always busy, never at home, doing calls, doing late shifts. So the family just kind of gets used to functioning without him. And it's not necessarily completely his fault. He has a valid reason, right? He has a valid sick note to get out of the house. But does that make him a deadbeat dad? I'm afraid so. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid so. By by what we're talking about now, we can go back to how like, well, but, you know, pre-World War II, the dad could be gone all the time. And uh, that's was normal, accepted for the time. But now, I mean, if we're saying that you have a valid excuse, then I guess you have a valid excuse. Right. So, if, I don't know, aliens invade and all Canadian men have to actually go out to fight some kind of war with the space aliens that that dad the best thing he could do for his family is go out and stop the planet from being destroyed right so fair enough mm. but uh so yeah if you have a truly valid excuse but i think what we're saying is that those excuses that people think are valid often no longer can you construe as being valid so the busy doctor dad who is just using the excuse well i'm putting money on the table like i have to work all these crazy hours i have to never see my kid like that guy's making a mistake and the medical dads are going to call him out on that. Okay. All right. That's cool. Like I, I'm a cool with calling people out on it, but at what level do we call them out on it? Cause I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm thinking about Steve jobs here, right? Like let's say you're the head of Apple computer, the biggest company in the world, right? People are living and dying on your every move. Stock market changes. If you take a deep breath or not during your keynote speech and you're busy working, right? And you're not at home. Is that a valid excuse? And, and what I specifically mean is this guy's got a lot of money. He can put a ton of money on the table. He doesn't need to work another day the rest of his life or his children's life. They have enough money on the table, yet he's still working. Yeah. Is that a valid excuse to not be at home? Uh, uh, no, I'm afraid not, Mr. Jobs. <laughs> and look how his marriage ended. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I mean... That's, you don't have to be Steve Jobs to fall into this category, though, right? Like, you could be pulling in a nice salary, but your company offers you something a little bit more busy, a little bit more prestigious. So you keep chasing after this thing because you can keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And next thing you know, your kids don't know who you are yeah. anymore. Yeah, so we're, we're still saying that this is a category. We're still saying that these dads are doing something wrong. And I think we're calling them deadbeat dads, maybe with the asterisk that... Uh, this is using our definition of deadbeat dad. So don't take it as a negative connotation, a completely negative connotation that you're a deadbeat dad. Uh, but they certainly aren't going to win the title for worst type, worst category of, of deadbeat dad. Uh, these guys no. aren't doing this necessarily intentionally. These right. are people who can Sometimes change. Sometimes things just spiral out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are like, yeah, they're like the Grinch before he realized the true meaning of Christmas. Right? They, 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 can, be, they can be changed. <laughs> In fact, sometimes... They get to a stage in life where they're like, ah, full of so much regret because I didn't realize like, like what I missed out on. Um, right. Yeah. And as right. far as like damage done to the kids, uh, uh, you know, at least these kids are gonna learn work ethic by watching these dads to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this is a it's a tough category. It's it's pretty common. Sometimes the dads can get away with it if the mom is like really involved and and takes a step back from what she's doing. But it can be a real challenge for families in this particular situation. I don't want to joke about this one too much. Well, this is the category that a lot of us listeners run truly run the risk of falling into this category. Uh, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not just that it's bad for the kids, but this is bad for us. Like, all of us are kind of struggling, even if you're not Steve Jobs or a super busy physician, whatever work you do, uh, Mm -hmm. always there's that possibility of your work-life balance falling out of, like falling out of Mm -hmm. equilibrium the way it should be. Uh, So we, I think if we call this a type of deadbeat dad, it's just motivation for all of us to always be vigilant. Like today, am I being a deadbeat dad? (laughs) All right. Let us move. We're get, we're going to get into a couple of the big categories okay. now because we've talked a bunch of categories. We have some contenders, but I think we're going to hit a couple that I think might win now. Okay. All right. So first category that might win, I think, is the disappearing dads. Yes. These are dads who at some point they vanish and they're not they're not vanishing before the child is born. But at some point in the middle of child rearing, there's this 20 year window from the time your kids are born Till they turn 20-ish, when they become legitimate adults, yeah. the dad suddenly vanishes. Yeah. That category is hard to like, hard to wrap my head around, right? Because I can't understand how a person who, even if you're like the, you know, you hate parenting, yeah. it's exhausting, yeah. you're, you're busy at work, you could be making millions of dollars, that you looked your kid in the eye, you held your kid, and then later you're like, I don't want anything to do with this, period. <laughs> like that category is going to be really high on my list i have to say because i've seen this happen i've seen it happen with with people who are kind of close to our family and friends and it's kind of scary it's like what is going on in the head of this narcissist that they think they can just dump these people that you had this connection with whether it's for six years or 15 years i've seen it the ddd the disappearing drives me nuts yeah i mean yeah if we're trying to rank these things you think of the dad who yeah, I found out the woman was pregnant and I, and I disappeared then. I'm gone. And then you compare them to the mm. dad who, yeah, I knew this kid for 10 years. Then I picked up and left and they didn't hear from me again. Like, you know, at least with the kid who you disappeared before they were born, that kid knows, well, it's not personal. It's not me. <laughs> he had this 10-year-old who, this man helped raise me, got to know me, and then decided, yeah, no, I don't, you, I am leaving you specifically. That is, uh, right. that is probably more damaging. <laughs> right it's not even more damaging it's just like it just seems like a lower blow you know like it's it's really a foul play because because you it's like you're a little bit emotionally invested and then you just chose to let it all go meaning that the, all of it meant nothing you know to some degree yeah it really is the category that's the hardest of what we talked about so far for the most part the hardest category to try to understand or put your mind in the mind of the dad you know, like you get mm-hmm. the like the denial dad who just couldn't handle like, what, you know, he's 16 or whatever. And the difficult life circumstance is not mature when he gets in this situation. He can't cope with this thought of the future. And, right. and he just is in denial right. or even he just panics and bolts. And then you can imagine that, you know, somewhere out there, this dad has regret. Some, somewhere out there, this dad wants to make amends. But the dad who, yeah, no, I was around. I was involved. I, I, I saw what this was all about. And now I'm deciding to take off. It's like, what? All you can think about is that this person is just so selfish that they're like, mm, my situation's <laughs> uncomfortable. And 
to make myself right. more comfortable, I'm going to do something that's going to devastate this child. Well, so sad to say in this day and age, there are a lot of divorced people out there, right? And the vast majority of people who get divorced that have children, they still have a relationship with their kids. That's why we have this whole, all these categories before yeah. saying there's the dad who's not paying the child support. There's the dad who visits the kid, but isn't that invested or whatever. Like it's all these categories, but so it's not uncommon for people to separate but still maintain a relationship with their children. What we're saying here is you just vanish from your wife and your children's life completely. Yeah. Like you just hit the delete button. That is a little bit strange. And it's more than a little bit strange. It's completely ludicrous. Yeah. This, this is a terrible category. I guess, uh, are, we, are we, is it one and the same, the dad who the parents got divorced and then the dad just sort of dropped out contact and, lo- and dropped off from everybody? Or uh, is that is there any distinction between that and the dad who, we didn't even get divorced. It's not that me and your mom are having some problems. It's just you <laughs> woke up one day and dad was just gone. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that divorce itself is just like an official, you know, legal procedure, right. right? If a dad just vanishes and is gone without going through the procedure, is it actually worse? I kind of feel a bit like if the dad just, if you just wake up one day and the mom and the kids are like, what? Where'd, where'd Jack go? It's just gone. <laughs> then you sort of think, well, the guy might have some mental health disorder or something really like just snapped inside of him. Whereas I feel like the parents get divorced and then after the divorce, then the dad is like, I'm, I'm writing off all of you. Not only am I not keeping track of my spouse, but the kids too. Doesn't that make the kid feel like, so all this time, it was the only thing you were sticking around for was mom. Right? <laughs> like once she, I think once the completely vanishing is worse. If I had to pick the completely suddenly vanishing, left without a trace, no note, that is actually scary. There's probably they're probably calling the police. There's a manhunt, and at the end, dude's off with his second wife or something. Like that one is the worst. Where you don't know is he like swimming with the fishes or is he uh, hanging out? With his I've wife? I've heard of relationships where you go through the, the people go through the divorce, and then because of the after divorce, you know, there's a bit of there's a bit of it's it's not a pleasant split up. Yeah. And the mom might say, you know what? I don't want the dad to be hanging out with the kids anymore, yeah. right? That's a not uncommon category. And dad's son, eventually the two sides drift apart and they don't really have much relationship later. Yeah. That's probably pretty common also. Um, we could almost do a whole section I on feel like, in defense of the deadbeat dads. All the scenarios <laughs> where it's like on the surface of it, it looks like the parents split up and then this dad was, was a deadbeat. Deadbeat, but... Yeah, like actually, yeah. no, the wife is uh, doing all these things to convince the kids that the dad is horrible and make it very challenging right. for him to be able to see the kids. Or the wife picks up and moves to another province without, uh, you know, without telling the dad. Right. Now, okay, so that's the disappearing dads. We kind of covered it. It's going to be somewhere near the top of the list. It depends on how you feel about kid, <laughs> how you feel about dads who bolt without a note and dads who kind of disappear in a more in a more gradual, subacute manner. <laughs> There's one last category, and that is, we didn't really talk about this, but this last category is abusive dads. All right. So these dads are actually present. They pay the bills, but they're not great human beings for 2023 anyways. You're not supposed to lay a hand on your kids. And these dads are physically or emotionally abusive. And where do they rank in deadbeat dads? Or is this not a category that belongs in this conversation? I I would actually put them outside just from the point of view of... um you know, going back to the origin of the term deadbeat as, you know, springing from initially lazy uh, and then being mm. more like they're like the duties. Uh, uh, whereas t- when you're 
doing some of these things that are malicious, abusive, manipulative, purposely trying to harm your kids, right? When you're intentionally mm. or, or yeah, not non-accidentally trying to actually harm your kids, that's where I think we could say, yeah, we're probably not, deadbeat's almost too light a term for those, for those dads, even though they are mm. derelict in their duty of protecting their children. Right. All right. So we will cover that on another episode of Bad Dads sometime later, yeah. but they're not going to be part of this vote. So to, re- to rehash, these are the categories yeah. in, the, in the deadbeat dads. There's, there's dads who are just plain tired, yeah. right? There are dad deniers, people who deny that they've ever had a child. Yeah. There are dads who don't pay child support. There are dads who stick around and pay but aren't emotionally involved in their kids' lives. There are dads who are physically present at home but extremely lazy, not actively involved at home. There are dads who are, aren't physically present because they're busy working is the excuse that they give. Yeah. And then there's disappearing dads. Yeah. Out of all these categories, who gets the championship belt, which will be used for a beatdown of said dad? <laughs> who gets the belt for the most deadbeat type of dad? I feel like in the context that we're saying this is where the mother is a good mother. <laughs> I think in the context where we're saying mm. the mother is a good mother, I do feel like the... Uh, the dad who just disappeared, who started off there, uh, showed the kids a taste of what it could look like to have a father, and then just like wrote them off, like no explanation, disappeared, uh, or disappeared from their life. I do feel like that. Mm. That is worse. That is the dad where you're like, you know what? It would have been better off if you just denied being dad in the first place. <laughs> that is worse than Larry Bird. You're saying it's worse than the dad denier who actually has money but refuses to pay. Yeah, I would rather, given the choice, I would rather have Larry Bird, who I can say, you know what, my mom told me this guy is my father, he disappeared, I'm going after him in court, I'm going to get a piece of those millions. That would be better than if Larry Bird had, um, or well, if a dad... Run off to China. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, run off to China and just never spoke to me again the rest of my life. After we knew each other for 15 years. That's right, that's right. The dad who actually gives you the impression... Yeah, you know what? I gave you a fair shot. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't like you as an offspring. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you 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 have enough value for me to to invest any time in you whatsoever, or money. Goodbye. Now I, now I was kind of hoping that Larry Bird would win because it's not easy to be the best in the world at a thing, and he was already pretty much the best basketball player ever for a while. Was there like a time before black people were in the NBA? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Okay, let, uh, let me rephrase it. He was one of the best <laughs> basketball players in the world. So it's not that easy to be one of the best people in the world at anything. So it would have been a real accomplishment to be one of the best bat, one of the best basketball players and one of the best deadbeat dads in the world at the same time, right? But sadly, I don't think he's going to win this category because I agree with you. I think the disappearing dad really, really, really is by far the championship winner of the most deadbeat kind of dad. And... The disappearing dad out there, I know who you are. All right, I know who you are out there. <laughs> and, and he's not talking about his own father just before people start making that assumption. <laughs> <laughs> no, demented dad is a whole other yeah. thing. That is that is a whole other conversation. Yeah, but definitely not deadbeat. <laughs> he's not derelict in his duties. <laughs> Maybe his basic functions, unfortunately, but not, not his responsibilities. But Larry Bird, he can get a consolation prize for being like the worst role model, right? Because the thing with Larry Bird is I, I, he's done so much good stuff that make people want to emulate him. 
that uh, his behavior can sort of normalize for some people that like, yeah, but I can, you know, I could do this. All right. For people who listen to the end of this episode, I think we got to we got to stop. I got to stop slagging Larry Bird. I'm not 100% sure of this because I don't follow Wait, what? his personal life that closely. I thought you would research but I do this. Believe I, you're the basketball guy, I, so I just took his thing as fact No, no, but I believe later in his life, later in his life, him and his daughter did reconcile. So that's a thing. Like, uh, you could be deadbeat for a long, long time, but later in your life, you kind of come around and say, you know what? I was wrong. We matured, you know, and you do get to know your kids. So th- I think that is actually how it played out. But there was this period of time where he was flat out refusing okay. when he would have fit into that dad denier category yeah but the disappearing dad also has that option all right disappearing dad out there you have the option to reconcile with your family you it is never too late to mend the fence you don't have to be in this category and hold the championship belt if you all went back reconciled we will give the belt to the dads who are overworked we'll give them to dr dads at the end that's a nice uh, inspiration to end things on i think is that even the worst deadbeat dads who we include in this category since dads who do human rights abuses against their children don't don't count as deadbeat even the worst deadbeat dads can reconcile and have some hope towards redemption and if the worst of them can do it then the rest of us who are just trying to make sure we're not derelict in our day-to-day dad duties who would make sure that our work-life balance is appropriate for our children if those guys can redeem themselves then that means we can too There you go. The medical dads, we are always here to bring a a shred of optimism into the world of parenting. Hey, you didn't tell a story at the beginning of this podcast. Did we want a story for today? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't have a story planned. Do you have anything planned? Well, I'll I'll tell a a, a quick one, but just when people thought like, oh, great, this one's not too long this week. (laughs) Like, oh, well, story. (laughs) But uh, so... My kids have this thing of uh, bedtime confessionals. Like right when you're tucking them in, it's time to go to sleep. That's when all the <laughs> things they feel guilty about will come out. Sometimes it could be something recent. Wow. Sometimes it could be something years old. I, I, if, if this is becoming a thing where you guys are wasting way too much time and your bedtime's getting delayed, I suggest joining a Catholic church and you can just schedule regular reconciliation <laughs> meetings with the priest. That, that might get your bedtime under control. I, I think these things only work when it's with the parents. So, like, do they let you get into the other side of that confessional box and listen to your kids' confessions? Is that a thing in the Catholic church? Because <laughs> that could work. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. There has to be, like, some guy in a robe on the other side. <laughs> I, can get a, I can get a robe. Well, what's happening in this scenario is my child's saying, uh, oh, I, I feel really bad. I'm really worried because I, I drew a picture that the teacher has that's a bad picture. I'm saying, like, what do you mean by that? Well, the teacher gave us a, an assignment where you had worksheets, and I didn't think the worksheets were, were going to go back to the teacher. Um, so I drew a picture <laughs> on the background of a big poop. I drew a giant poop on it. <laughs> Um, and I think she's. I'm trying to think which of your four kids did this. Could be as you're telling the story. It could be any of them. <laughs> I don't think it's the oldest one. I think the oldest one is too old to be drawing poop. <laughs> That's true. Although these confessionals that come out, sometimes they're years old when they're coming out. <laughs> but this one, yeah, it's. It's. Uh, I. I drew a poop, um, and uh, uh, the teacher collected the worksheets back. So now she has it, like it's in her, like uh, like her pile of, of sheets, um, and I'm saying like, well, okay, you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Like 
she's not thinking poop on her mind. So when she looks at it, she might not even realize that what she drew is supposed to be poop. And she's like, well, but I wrote, I am a poop and I'm farting. I'm a farting poop. Uh, like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah. And I also wrote stink lines above it and I drew some, some flies flying around it. It's like, oh gosh, okay. Like, uh, um, so like, uh, when did this happen? Uh, like when, how long do you have before the teacher realizes that this happened? Maybe there's some way to recover this. She's like, well, the teacher's had it for a while. Um, so like it can come out at any time. I was saying, oh, all right. Well, is your name on it? And she's saying like, no, uh, my name's not on it. Okay. All right. So, so eventually she'll see this paper. She'll say to the class who did this. And then this is where things are going to start to get <laughs> tense. So maybe you could get ahead of this and you can say to your teacher, you know, the truth is, honestly, I, I drew this picture because I, I thought these were worksheets that we were collecting. I didn't realize at the end of this, we have to give the sheets back, right? Like that's how this happened in the first place. So just tell the teacher that honestly, and, uh, she'll be okay with it. To which my child responds, well, dad, the truth is I knew she was collecting the sheets at the end. <laughs> I knew the class would see it. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> then you have an issue. <laughs> now, I, I, I think you remember the story about how like I was doodling in class next to the next to our classmate who was an art therapist. Yes. And her thing was that whatever you're doodling about actually tells us a lot about you. So what do we learn about your kid who's drawing these stink lines in class? <laughs> I, I should probably get her to use the toilet before she goes to school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, touche, touche. I, I had that conversation today with my son. I, lately, he's like in this phase where he just doesn't want to be bothered to go to the washroom in the morning. Okay. Right. He's like he finishes his breakfast and that's normally the to toilet time. Yeah. And I'm like, we have 10 minutes. Just go to the washroom. I don't have to go. I don't have to go. And I'm like, come on, like, just go. You don't want to carry that stuff around all day. <laughs> I don't have to. So he's like he's like sitting on the stairs reading comics. Yeah. I'm like, just go to the washroom already. <laughs> right? Take like, the comics wasting you. time. Read it in the bathroom. <laughs> right? right. Next thing I know, he goes in. He's out in 30 seconds. I'm like, are you done? He's like, yeah. I'm like. It wasn't even like you're straining, right? You could just go in and done out. Like everything's fast. Like what is the big deal? I'm a busy guy, right? Dad. I don't have thirty seconds to spare. <laughs> oh man, kids. I I don't know. I mean, they really need to listen to our constipation episode. Yeah. Holding it in in the morning before school unnecessarily. I don't advise yeah, that. No. You just tell them. Kids, kids sometimes will respond to this. You tell them if you if you wait to go, then later when you want to, you may not be able to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> kids will respond to it. That's a base. That's our whole constipation discussion that we had is all about this. I'm simplifying it into one sentence that can scare your kids into pooping. <laughs> we can scare the poop out uh, of your kids. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, that was our conversation on deadbeat dads. The first, in a, what will probably be an occasional mini series on bad dads. Yeah. So stick around. I mean, in a way, this podcast is like a documentary on bad dads. <laughs> <laughs> what not to do <laughs> how to avoid having your kids drop poop pictures at school all that and more <laughs> see you in a week see you in a week folks <laughs>